This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. Right we're like coming a, back. We're you just we're sneak like so up on me with the record. Like a, yeah, yeah, we have yeah, no like, idea. Or I, I like know it's coming, but I like to pretend that I don't know that we're recording. I'm like, oh hey, we're just me. talking because yeah. usually we're just talking normally. And but we the, did all that beforehand. Yeah, and I was no. like, oh no. I'm just sitting here in <laughs> now silence. Now we have to like record and stuff. Oh, <laughs> what gosh. do we talk about? Yeah. So now we're just talking about this is the meta podcast. <laughs> Got him. All right, and we are back, folks. Happy we are New Year. Back, back. Happy New Year. Back, Merry back. Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. It's been a month and a half. We missed two months. All the holidays. Three months. It's been um, two years. What? <laughs> I was stuck in a time capsule again. Why does this keep happening to me? Uh, is this a common occurrence? Surprisingly common. You'd be amazed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we're back. This is season two now, right? Uh, it can't be. I was I actually going to do it by a uh, formation year. So this oh, was I like that be, better because yeah. I thought it was kind of weird that this is season two because the same year. Nope, still season one. Hey! Episode twelve. Hey, and we're <laughs> back. Season one, episode twelve. I feel like at the end of the last episode we said like, "There's the end" or something of the semester. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a postscript. It's just a really. <laughs> it took us forever to get that. Like, there's an asterisk now. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. So we're back, everybody. We are very glad to be back. We have missed all, seeing back. all of your beautiful faces. Uh, As a yes, <laughs> what you do uh, in a podcast? Yes, that's exactly. How this works. Um, but yeah, we're back, and we've already talked a lot, so we should probably get going. So, question for you, which I actually haven't asked you, because um, so we've been back for a week and a half now, uh, but we haven't podcasted yet. Yes, we've been having J term. It's awesome. Get to hang out a bunch. So, question for you: What was your favorite thing that happened over the break? Long time there to think about. That's from Thanksgiving yes. to New Year. Um, hiking with my brothers. Well, mm. actually, no. It's a it's a mix. So, the day after Christmas, my entire family was together, and we uh, just the just the kids played fishbowl together, mm. which is like a it's a three rounds grouped game, yeah. and you do like a it's like a catchphrase, and then charades, and then yeah. like a. One word. With the same words. Guessing. Yeah, with through. the same yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I laughed so <laughs> hard that night. Like, my ribs hurt. I was wheezing. <laughs> I cried several times. Um, my eyes burned from laughing so hard. <laughs> um, it was just, it was incredible. It was wow. such a great time. That's um, awesome. And then the other was hiking. I went hiking with uh, Grissom and Jacob. And yeah, just so cool to uh, be out in the wilderness. You guys went um, aggressive. You did like 20 miles, right? It was 25. That's 24, a lot for 25. three days. Um, it was lot. probably more than we should have done, <laughs> uh, considering my legs afterwards. It was really, <laughs> it was really sad. Um, oh, I felt so God. weak. <laughs> um, well, you hiked 25 miles. We hiked it. We camped on the side of a mountain. You know, like, it was just great time together. Great, like, retro retrospective on my life and like mm. yeah Retros- it was cool to take jacob because jacob was like the age that i was when i started hiking nice um 
And so to kind of like see where I am now and my relationship with nature and with my brothers and with like hiking and just kind of like life in general. Yeah. And then to see like myself a lot and Jacob uh, was just really humbling. Mm. Also, the mountains always make you feel small. They and I do. felt so small. They so. do. You got to come to Vermont sometime because there's uh, mountains all over. Not huge, 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 huge. Plain but like huge, huge mountains. Plain and good, good, good. All right. Well, for uh, me, same to you. Over yes. break, uh, there was kind of, since you did two, I'm also going to do two because there's two that I can think of. So on Christmas Eve. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Master. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Master. But uh, so Christmas Eve, me and my little brother Simon and my little sister Lily, um, pretty much spontaneously, it kind of got coaxed. We to they they wanted us to That's sing the Shema <laughs> Israel because me and Simon do that all the time and Lily yep. started to join in, um, and Mama like trying to get me to do a prayer or something for Grace and I was like we'll do the Shema, <laughs> uh, which is a great prayer but it was kind of funny. Did y'all do and, the whole thing? No, I only oh. know the first two oh, words. Okay. Yep. <laughs> But I won't get get into that right now. But so then we ended up just singing every song we could think of to sing nice. for like, you know, it was probably solid like 10 to 15 minutes, which isn't super long. But we were just like, oh, we can do this one. And then we would just sing it. And it was really, that was really enjoyable to me. Uh, and then the other one, which I'd say, which is what I was going to go with if I only had one, uh, was... There was one point where me and Simon had just come in from the barn, I think, and my mom said, hey, me and dad were talking, and we want to write down a list of things that happened in 2020, because it was just such a a crazy year. So much. Our barn fell down, corona happened, all this stuff. And so we just went through it. We didn't write it down ever, actually, but we just started talking about it, and my whole family was like, wow, everybody's really complaining about 2020 being the worst year ever, and... There was a lot of bad stuff that happened, but there was so much grace in this year. And it was so cool just to see my whole family just be like, this bad thing happened, and then because of that, this happened, and this was good. Oh, and this other terrible thing happened, and because of that, this happened. And it was just, it was really a cool moment of, of just like family coming together and pretty much being like, yeah. We're not going to let this get us down. And mm-hmm. I love that. That was nice. really, really good. Really cool. Very cool. Yep. So that was my top moment. Todd, so Todd moments? Top. Top moments. Top moments. Uh, got it. Got it. Yep. Got yep. It. Yep. From the break. We're you know, there. There's yep. a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much good stuff. I love break. I love being home. So, but um, Lot to love. Lot to love. All right. So let's start with a prayer. And I'm going to mix it up a wee bit tonight. So uh, in the back of the breviary, which is the Liturgy of the Hours, which we as seminarians and priests... And all religious have to pray every day. There's um, there's poetry, and I was tonight in holy hour. I found this poem, and I've read it before, but I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" And that can just be such a good prayer. So I'm uh, gonna read it for all of our edification, but we're gonna yes. pray it. So, okay. in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. This uh, this is called a hymn to God the Father by John Doan. Wilt thou forgive that sin where I begun, which was my sin, though it were done before? Wilt thou forgive that sin through which I run, and do run still, though still I do deplore? Then thou hast done, thou hast not done, for I have more. Wilt thou forgive that sin which I have won others to sin, and made my sin their door? 
Wilt thou forgive that sin which I did shun a year or two but wallow in a score? When thou hast done, thou hast not done, for I have more. I have a sin of fear that when I have spun my last thread, I shall perish on the shore. But swear by thyself that at my death thy son shall shine as he shines now and heretofore. And having done that, thou hast done, I fear no more. In the name Amen. of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's good. good. That's, that's good. Um, yeah. So, tonight, my question for you. Well, actually, I'm going to make a statement, and I'm going to see if you agree with it first. Mm -hmm. So, I believe that story is an integral part of humanity. It's something that makes us human, that sets us apart from animals, and that we can't be human without story and stories. Do you agree with that? I don't know how you could disagree with that. So, uh, well, I think that you could definitely come from come to at story from a very utilitarian point of view, and say they're useless, unless you're like trying to make them do something and convince somebody of something. Like story could be useless. So no, you don't need it to survive. But well, I doesn't. I don't think that makes it less human, though. No, you're right. So, I well, I agree. <laughs> yeah, but I think that you could technically try and argue foolishly, if I do say. <laughs> Idiot. Oh, man. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I think it's an integral part of humanity, and you obviously agreed very readily. Yes. Why? Why is story so human? Why are stories and storytelling what set us apart as humans? Uh, because I think it's a model of how we perceive reality. Hmm. Um, yeah, so stories are the way or the lens through which like we perceive everything. So like when I think about what I did today and kind of run through it in my mind, like it's strung together in the way that a story would be. It huh. may not be a very entertaining story, but it's like it has the it has a main character. It has a perspective. It has action. Like it, it has all of that. Um, and so stories are, in my mind, just the way in which we take that sort of inter internal exper experience um, and then convey it to reality or convey it to others. Yeah. Well, so. so you think like all of our thoughts of anything in the past are in story form? I think everything we do is story. Yeah. Which is so cool. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I haven't thought of it quite like that, but yeah. uh, what what exactly do you mean by that? Everything we do is story. Well, can you think of anything that we do that's not story? I could sit in my room and do absolutely nothing and just sit there motionless. And... Well, I think if you, yeah. So I think from one perspective, if you take like a singular snapshot of something. It's not a story, right? Mm. But, and, and then like, even, even if it's quote unquote not a story, it's contextualized by why is he sitting there? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you're like, you, you read into it. Like, why is he sitting there? Why isn't he doing anything? Yeah. It, has he always been there? <laughs> like all of the, all of the questions surrounding that are 
historical, like story based. Like you're you're asking questions that you would the of a story. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're right, and I think you can definitely see that that based on your last example. I mean, it's even in the word history, right? Like, history. Yeah. I mean, the etymology is the there. So, yeah. but yeah, I think if you look at <clears throat> art in general, like that's what makes art good, is almost not what's on the page, but what's on well, or canvas or whatever, what's on the art, the painting, I'm talking about visual arts here, uh, it's what's there that points to what is not there that makes it interesting. You mm-hmm. see a moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think art is such an extraordinary thing that you can just, you, there's not really anything else where you can just pull such a a particular moment out of the world, but also a good artist throws so much into that one still moment. And you just see all, you wonder like, okay, wait, why is the bed not made in this picture? What happened there? Why does she look like that? It's not about like what's painted. It's about what don't you see? What is more? It becomes an invitation to something deeper. So uh, that's just the, as far yeah. as like the still I mean, picture. I think you create an entire world. Yeah. yeah you can't really take do. the story even out of just like one <laughs> picture. One just still moment is always going to have this story. Um, but I think uh, before we go further, I, I think we need to get a little bit more specific on what we mean by story. Because that's pretty broad, which I'm not sure is a problem. But if you had to define what story is... What would you say? Oh my! Uh, uh, yeah, for the sake of not having silence, I don't, I don't, I don't have a ready definition on off the top of my head. Do you have one? Not I really. I mean, just to me, story is something of it's woven into me. You know, like I think story, and I don't have to think of a definition. It's like this is this is here. This is part of me. This is who I am. But um, yeah, if I if I were to try and define story, uh, I would say uh, it's a representation of something that is not uh, like the exact current moment that is going on right now. Um, yeah, pretty much any retelling or foretelling is going to be a story, and there's no way that's not going to be. I guess I just, I have no clue how you would conceptualize any sort of event outside of it being story-like. Um, and by story-like, I mean that it it has a it has a structure. There's a progression from point A to point B of something. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean completion, but some sort of progression in time. Um, there's characters in it, or there's actors in it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there's events of some kind. That's so general. Um, but I think story is general. It is, know? yeah. And I think that if you look at just humanity, like you said, you, you can't take story out of it. Animals don't tell stories. Humans can't help but tell stories. Everything they do is is tell stories. Um, but even if you look at, for example, the Bible, like it really is, it's a story. I think it was St. John Paul II that described uh, the Bible as a love story. 
That's mm-hmm. a love story between God and man. And so it just, so the story goes so far beyond just ourselves. And I think that's one of the things that makes story so great. Uh, so I, I think you actually have to take story, like the word story, yeah. and define it um, apophatically. It's kind well, of like God, it's not. right? So yeah. rather than trying to describe it by what it is, it's is it probably easier to describe by what it's not, wow. um, which is, I think, kind of mind-blowing because it's so central to how we do everything. Yeah. Um, we don't even think about it much. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a factor of us being creatures that are capable of perceiving time. Um, ah, so I don't so think you would have, I don't think you can do story without time. Um, it is a, a passing of time, the events and yeah, the passing of time. So it's, yeah. See, but, okay. So kind of move on a little bit, but it, attached to it. So if you look back at history yep. before technology, especially, but still even today, there has always been storytelling. Yep. Everybody tells stories. And like nowadays we have movies and stuff to do it um, and books still. But if you go back a little bit more, all there was is storytelling. And that was just like the center point of community was storytelling. So, but one thing that I was thinking about that I find very interesting, and I'm, you know, I wonder why, and I definitely want to know what you think about this is. Why is it, if story is central to humanity, to who we are, and, you know, it's how, like you said earlier, it's how we kind of view the world and reality, why is so much of what stories are fantasy? If you go back and look at ancient stories, there's mythical beasts, there's, you know, mythologies of gods, there's, like, these tall tales that explain things. If it tells who we are in reality... Why the heck is so much of it not what we would, air quote, say, reality? Uh, I think it's because it's so heavily steeped in symbolism. And I think our ancestors were much more attuned to things representing uh, or being imaged, I guess, an image representing a deeper reality than I think modern man is. Mm. Yeah, I think our ancestors were way more comfortable with that. Mm. Um, yeah. So, like, the the fantasy of these stories. Like, do you have a particular example? Uh, like, let's just say uh, the Minotaur. Or, like, I, I really love ancient Greek mythology. So, like, uh, the story of the, the Jason and the Argonauts, the Golden Fleece. Uh, like, there's a, just tons and tons of... Things that obviously aren't real and Scylla and Charybdis. I think I'm getting these things right, but uh, <laughs> yeah, who knows? If I get them wrong, forgive me. But like, you know, there's no just like swirling whirlpool that sucks in boats right across from this like uh, lady that has a bunch of heads and shoots down and grabs sailors. Um, but like why? But that's not even weird to us to think. Yeah. Like when we hear that story, we're not like, what? That's not real. That's ridiculous. We're like, yeah, okay. And yeah. I mean, you'll get so many ancient stories about, uh, what's another example? Can you think of any examples of just older stories? I mean, I, I think that, 
I think really just like mythological creatures in general yeah, are definitely. pretty fascinating. So like if you even look at the Hobbit, right? Like Ooh. why is the main enemy Smaug the dry? I probably pronounced that. Smaug. Smaug. <laughs> yeah. It's spelled so weird. Smag. Um, Smag. Why is why is he the dragon? Um, the enemy. The enemy. Why is it a dragon? Why is it something that looks like a serpent? Where did dragons come from? Yeah. Um, why is a, a dragon as a creature not something that we would laugh at in the same way that you would a flying spaghetti monster, you know? Mm. Um, mm. Like a dragon seems to be something that you're like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, and that should um, be the bad guy. Yeah. So. So, so why do you think that is? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm a little, I guess I'm a little tainted from my, or not tainted in my viewpoint, but, biased. um, informed, biased or whatever. <laughs> uh, I listen to a lot of Jordan Peterson and so yeah, like he talks that. a lot about stories and oh. so he would say that, um, specifically the dragon is like this very strange phenomenon in stories, uh, because it's existed and emerged independently in cultures throughout the world who have had no contact with each other. Uh, um, so like there are different like far Eastern cultures that had representations of dragons that were very different than European or Middle Eastern representations, but they were both dragons. Yeah. They were these serpentine sort of creatures. Um, many of them had legs or wings, you know, Yeah. and yeah, so he's like, why does the snake image appear everywhere? Um, and so why does, why does it appear in the Bible? Like, why is that the image that we have of Satan, you know? Yeah. Um, he's, he's of the uh, evolutionary sort of mindset and says that, like, snakes have always been a predator for man. And so there's kind of this, like, That's neurological... Circuit in our mind that as we evolved has has always been there and has always remained and so as a circuit it's one of our base instincts like you see a snake and respond to a snake before your consciousness yeah. responds to it <laughs> so it's just um, the fact that it's snake like he thinks yeah so he thinks that dragons uh, are such an effective representation because there's a biological response yeah. Uh, that corresponds to it, but it's symbolic, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. and it's not just a normal snake. Why is it a snake with legs? Why is it a snake with wings? It's super snake. Be, it's a super snake, exactly. Yeah. And so like, what is like, what does evil represent to us? It's something that can appear out of nowhere and seems to be everywhere all at once. And it seems and it to breathes fire. And it, <laughs> yeah, and it burns yeah. you and it hurts. Yeah, and so like, yeah. he's there's all kinds of symbolism there. Yeah. And, like, who wants to hear a story about a guy catching a fish and that be the story? Like, you want to you wanna hear something exotic and exciting about a guy? Like, you want to hear the underdog? Why do underdog stories exist? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, See, and that's the thing, um, though, that I kind of was wondering about tonight was like, okay, so if, if stories are the way we see reality, why do we love so much things that go beyond the reality we see? Like, what, why don't we just want a story like, yeah, I was fishing, and then the bobber went under, pulled that sucker up, ripping lips, pulled it in, and it was a very average fish. 
And I put it back. Great story. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, what is it that we're like, okay, that's lying, but, like, there was a dragon, and it came in, and it's like, we're we're trained somehow as humans to see these mythologies, see these fantasies, things that are more than just the reality we can see with our eyes and feel with our senses as better, as, like, this something that goes beyond that we desire more. Um, I think it's because yeah. they're they're the most effective way that we learn things hmm. in terms of like ethics and morality, um, and in terms of stories that we find interesting. I think the ones that are capable of like being told and us actually being able to. Hmm. So I think fantasy has a really like fascinating role as a story yeah. because it's not necessarily real people. They're real enough that you can relate to them, but they aren't so human that you can kind of write them off, you know? Yeah. Um, So they, they act as, uh, I I guess the fancy word for it is typically as archetypes. Um, Uh, Yes. So like like the greatest (laughs) example. Yeah. So like why, why is the Lord of the Rings been the most popular fantasy novel? Like, no fantasy novel in the last hundred years is capable of not having been influenced mm. by The Lord of the Rings, right? Because it's got a whole bunch of just, like, perfect examples in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if if you also contextualize that, I, I would say by the Bible, um, I think every story written in the Western Hemisphere in the last 2,000 years is... Uh, and actually back beyond that, even through the Old Testament, is kind of uh, buying off the archetypes or using the archetypes given by those stories. And those, uh, it's not like those are new, you know, it's just no. being described in the Bible. So, um, yeah, and I think that's but, just because that's, that's the story of us. You know, like, I yeah. love, even if it's a, like a terrible movie or something, good wins in the end. Mm-hmm. And even if the main character dies, it, you know, like gets killed, that sometimes makes it better. But, you know, like, there's a struggle between good and evil and good wins. Why is that the case? Some people try and break that, and you're like, oh, okay, well, okay, here we go. Something's wrong here. But why is that the case? Because that's reality. It's like there, there is evil. There is very mm-hmm. real evil in the world. And we have to admit that. And I think that some people are, uh, for some reason, are kind of afraid to admit that. I'm not sure exactly why. But, like, they want to kind of brush it off and be like, okay, you know, there's not that much bad. There's there's no such thing as the devil. There's no such thing as demons. Like, no, there, there's very real evil in the world. Mm-hmm. But good wins. And yeah. good is, con- it won, it continues to win, and it's going to win. That doesn't mean there's not bad stuff that happens. It doesn't mean there's not evil. But... This is the story of humanity. We fell. Good came and saved us. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And uh, I love that. I really love that. Um, I'd be so curious if we would find, uh, like, the hero dying in a story, if we would find that interesting, um, not having ever heard of Christ. Like, I wonder if we would find that enthralling. I think we would. Yeah. There's some, because that is, and I think, you know, 
yes, maybe Christ has an effect on this, but, like, that's the real perfect hero. Like, a hero is someone who who gives of themselves for the greater good, and to die for that greater good is as much as they can give. They have given the fullest measure, and there is no more heroic thing to do. And so, even though it's, like, sad, and we're like, oh, man, I can't believe they died, I can't believe they did that, we know, wow, doesn't get any better than that. That's that's the best they can do. Mm-hmm. Even you know, like if Superman died fighting the good fight, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, Superman sucks." <laughs> You'd yeah. be like, "Wow, he gave everything." He died. Yeah, for I think that's why uh, the Marvel like Endgame was so yeah, don't, almost don't. upsetting. Yeah. Oh, Endgame, not wait, wait, is that the last one or the second to the last one? Infinity oh, Wars sorry, War. I'm thinking of the second to last Infinity one. Infinity War. Yes, that one. Yes. Was so upsetting because, like, half the characters die, and you're like, oh, well, oh, sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah, wow, gosh, ruined it for Come half on, of it's the been world. like five years. <laughs> if you haven't um, seen it yet, get on that. Also, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, like, half of them die, and then in the next movie, like, they all just kind of come back, you know? And so it's like, well, what? You, you almost feel like you got gypped, you know, like <laughs> there's, there's this sense of finality and then they just like, oh, never mind, you know? Yeah. Um, it's almost it, like there's not any value, you know? But then to, it ends with yes. ultimate value. Yes, it does. Um, yes, it does. Super good. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. It's just, I've been thinking about story the last couple of days and it's just like, we, we cannot escape it. And we can't escape the transcendence of it. You know, like, no. so I've been, last semester, I was thinking a lot, how old's your oldest nephew? Uh, two. two. Two, so yeah, probably not quite old enough for stories yet, deep stories. But so I have two five-year-old nephews. Actually, one's six now, I think. Crazy. There's just, all of a sudden I have a bunch. But um, life of last animal. semester, I spent like a, a week of just all my holy hours thinking about stories that I could tell him mm-hmm. so that without telling, well, them, to my older nephews, so without ever like kind of bringing it up, I could talk to them about priesthood. That they would understand why the heck is Uncle Eli doing what he's doing? Why is he wearing a collar? Yeah. Why does he not at Christmas? You know, why does he say mass instead? I wanted to them to understand the heroism of the priesthood. And I came to know the priesthood so much better in sitting in holy hours, thinking about stories that a five-year-old would understand about the priesthood. And they had no mention of priests, yep. you know, uh, no mention of the real world in a lot of sense. It's a fantasy world that I would just sit there and be like, oh my, this is what I'm doing. Oh my gosh. And I get all hyped mm-hmm. up like, yeah, I'm becoming a priest. Yeah. Yes, this is awesome. Um, and so just like, the idea of story, I realize like this helps me to see reality better than reality. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, just to like to look at a priest, okay, cool, I can learn a lot from that. But to hear stories of the, the heroics of priesthood, real ones and, you know, like mythological ones, then I come to know what the priesthood really is. And that's not more than just like an emotional like, oh, that's cool. That's like, no, this is the priesthood because we live in a transcendent world that goes yeah. beyond what we can yeah. see. And so these stories access that. The same way art moves beyond what we can see to access the transcendent, stories bring us to the realities of God. 
Yeah, I think those fantasies or those mythologies are are basically like super real. Like yeah. they're they're super stories, you know. Yeah. Not in the not in the I caught a fish, it was average, that was my day. Yeah. But like a this is a story that actually portrays the nature of reality. Yeah. And I think fiction does that in a way that like history history describes reality. Um Fiction, I think, describes. Hmm. Maybe, I think it describes reality too, but yeah. just further. It describes a transcendent reality. Because here's what I'm thinking: you so, can. Sorry, let me rephrase. Okay, go. So I think history describes um, like us in reality. Yeah. Whereas fantasy fantasy describes reality itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Because so, I yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking your example of like. I couldn't tell the straight-up story of how I caught a fish, but I can absolutely imagine a story that would make me more deeply see me catching a fish, like make me yeah. feel that more more in tune with like the fullness of the transcendent reality and be like, wow, I just caught a fish. That's it, but this is awesome. And a story could make me feel that way. Yep. I can't think of a story off the top of my head, but like it, and that's the real reality. Like there's no boring in the real world. Boring is for people who don't believe in reality. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting that like all of our all of our desires for the stories that we're told. Like why is I went out fishing this morning. I kind of sat there for a couple hours and then uh you know, pulled in, you know, lost my bait 16 times <laughs> and then I pulled in, you know, a couple minnows. Yeah. And that was my day, you know. <laughs> why is that so unsatisfying to us? Mm. And why is it that I desire to hear a story either about like failure or great successes? You know, never the just kind of the mediocre uh average I, I don't because like, why are my expectations of the story. You like know, that? honestly, because I think that that mediocre and average is not real in the fullest sense. Do I think we feel it? Absolutely. Do I think that mm-hmm. in kind of a very sensual way that it, that is a very real thing? I don't know but if like, I agree with that. Uh, but no. like, we have we have God and infinity is on the line at every moment. Uh, like eternity awaits every moment of us. Heaven is just a a, a breath away at every moment. That like when we. I do agree with that. When, <laughs> yeah. They're like boring and, and, and like mediocre and average. Yes, we feel those things. But when you look at reality, I mean, just if God stopped willing us, we would just poof, we'd be gone. Yeah. God is constantly holding us in existence. That's incredible. That's insane. That's awesome. And so... I think that's why we won't settle for average, and I think that's why we love stories, because they actually get more at what reality is than what we say most of the time, or what we kind of experience most of the time. I think they get at what we desire in reality. You're right. You're right. I don't... don't, Yeah. Well, I think both. I think it's both. I think, yes, stories, a good story, should get at what we desire, but it should also help us further see more than we already see of what reality is. That's fair. At the yeah, moment. That's fair. Um, 
Uh, yeah, to, to kind of wrap this up, I have one last question for you. Sure. Um, do you think that the advent, the coming of movies and like electronic media has reduced either our capacity to understand stories or just the effectiveness of stories? Or do you think it has helped the ability to tell stories? That's phrased as such a black and white question. Um, I think it's <laughs> I think it's both um, because it depends on what you mean by I agree with help, you. right? So yeah, I think it's I think the advent of electronic media to use your, your phrasing. <laughs> the advent of electronic yeah, media. Hey, this, is, this is your phrasing, so <laughs> yeah. you know you're mocking yourself. That's fine. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it may have deserved some um, mockery. <laughs> yeah, I I think that they have made an abundance of stories available to us and in that abundance you get some good stories and many mediocre ones. Hmm. Um as for our appreciation, I think and I I think I would apply this to pretty much all art right now. I think it's totally desensitized us to being awed by things. Um, yeah, I can yeah. agree with that. So, yeah, because I think actually movies are probably the most effective way for me to experience stories. Yeah. Now, maybe they didn't used to be, um, but only because I'm willing to do more than just be completely passive with them. I think that's one of the problems with like yeah. movies and electronic media is that you don't have it's it's a lot easier to not necessarily put yourself into the story. Because so much is given to you. Now, if you're willing to put yourself into the story yeah. with so much giving to you, it it can help you put yourself more into the story. So uh, I kind of agree with you. I think it's both. And I think that all I do like what you said about there's just so much that not all stories are good anymore. Yeah. Um, because I think if you go back to storytelling kind of legacy, uh Bad stories just die, whereas good stories go on. Whereas, yeah. like today, if the movie's bad, it's still just kind of out there. Yeah. It just—it's so mass spread that you just see everything and anything. But uh, yeah, before people just wouldn't retell the story. Yeah, you know? like, oh, that's just was like cool. Though. That one's that one's Yeah. Bad, you know? uh, gosh, now if everybody on Netflix watches a movie and they're like that's bad, other people are still going to watch it. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I love love movies. Yeah, I think I part of that's stories. the... Uh, you see that kind of in the phenomenon of people seeing books that were made into movies, and the phrase is always, well, you know, it, it's not the book. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, because you have to... Uh, it takes so much more effort and imagination and involvement. Yeah, the movie takes takes a lot of your activity as the viewer yeah. out of it. Yeah. Like, Yeah. That's true. That's true. I think they both have their place. I love. I love movies. I love books. Yeah, I have movies uh, that have changed my life. You know. Yeah. Like, truly. Like changed the way that I. View for me, things, you know? uh, Avengers Endgame. Really kept me, kept me in seminary. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll tell that. you about it when we're not going to spoil yeah, it for everybody. But um, yeah. All right. Good. Stories. They are an integral part of humanity, and we can't live without them. They're how we see reality. And it's one thing that technology hasn't necessarily ruined, because it can't. 
Yeah. So, not that I'm that pessimistic about yeah, technology. It, it was super pessimistic. I said it and I was like, That was like a ooh. Joseph comment, if anything. <laughs> I mean, like, golly. Technology's done good things too, guys. <laughs> we were just too dependent on it. We already did a podcast on it. Whatever. Um, oh, ooh, for the week, though, it might be, it might be worth, oh, yeah. dear listener... Oh, Ooh, you are now to dear you, to us. Dear <laughs> um, t- yeah, think about the stories that have changed your life. I like yeah. that. Because I, I can't imagine encountering someone who hasn't been changed by a story. That's true. I also want to add so. to that. I, I very much agree with that. But I want to add to that. Think about how you tell stories mm. and whether you, you see the power that they have or whether you just go about your daily life, just whatever. Because I think we need to get back to more storytelling, intentional storytelling. We do it no matter what, but I love just like telling stories around the fire and stuff, so that's the best. It's a yes. All right, so think about stories that have changed your life and think about how you tell stories and what it means to you. Yeah. uh, I think that's all for tonight. If you have... Things for us to ponder. Feel free to s- drop us a line. Please do. Questions at wandering, nope. wanderingwanders.org. It's a tough name. <laughs> I always get the O and the A mixed up. So does everybody. God, it's a it, great name that absolutely great, talks yeah. about what we do, but uh, it's confusing to say. It, it is. So one more time. Questions at wandering, with an O, wanders.org. Com. No, it's dot .org. Did we get it's a dot .org. org or dot com? No, no, we didn't get dot .com was taken. So we're over oh, org. oh, it is dot .org. Oh man. <laughs> yes, I sir. should really know this. You should know that. Golly, Come on, I, I've been I obviously pushing it. away from <laughs> you. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, may all of your wonders be blessed. God bless.